0: Amen. Hallelujah. Open your Bibles very quickly to the book of Judges, chapter number 14. I'm going to read two verses in Judges, five and six. And when you have it, put your finger there because after that text, we're going to go to 1 Peter chapter five and in verse number eight. Hallelujah. I'm going to get the scriptures out of the way right now. Judges 14. Five and six. For those of you who don't know, we're in a new series. Amen. We, we entitled this series, I Belong Here. I Belong Here. And as a subtitle, we said, God doesn't make mistakes. How many of you know that to be true? Amen. And watch this. What we've been doing, starting last week, is advocating for the strong man, Samson. Because every time you hear a message about Samson... You usually get the negative. You hear about the mistakes that Samson made. And I'm not sugarcoating them. He, he did make some mistakes. Amen. But I want to submit to you that when you get to Hebrews chapter 11, which is the great hall of faith of great men and women who did exploits for God, guess whose name makes the list? Samson. Samson. And so I begin to ask myself the question, you know, maybe God looks at us a little different than we look at ourselves. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Perhaps Samson wasn't presented to us as a model to imitate or emulate, but as a pattern, as a type of a true deliverer that would be coming. And so I want to submit to you that Samson makes the hall of faith because he is a type of Jesus Christ. Hear me now. A type of Jesus Christ. He doesn't make the list because he's so good. He makes the list because God's so good. None of us deserve to be on that list. But if Samson were here, he will tell you, God put me in Hebrews chapter 11, not because I've never made a mistake, but because even though I've made mistakes, I believe God. Oh, I got like three amens right there. Like nobody in here makes mistakes. I need somebody in here who can testify. I've made some mistakes in my life, Pastor. But I believe God, I believe God. To give God some praise in here, you should be encouraged, hallelujah, that despite a mistake, you could make the list. As a matter of fact, if I went down the list and talked about Abraham, Abraham lied about his wife. If I talked about Noah, Noah got drunk. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I can go down the list. Uh, David, who also made the list, committed premeditated murder and adultery, and he's on the list. Rahab was a harlot, yet Rahab (laughs) is on the list, not because of perfection, but because of their faith. Are you blessed in here, church? Hallelujah. And so, let's read the text. (laughs) Judges 14, 5 and 6. Then went Samson down and his father and his mother to Timnah. And came to the vineyards of Timnah, and behold, a young lion. And I wanna to submit to you young lion does not mean baby, it means a lion in its prime. Strong. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A young lion roared against him. I want you to notice that it roared. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he rent him as he would rent a kid. And he had nothing in his hand, but he told not his father or his mother what he had done. And before I pray, I want you to notice that he killed the lion without a conventional weapon. He killed the lion with his hands. And he did it according to the text rather easily. In other words, the lion was no match For him and so I want to submit to you that he typifies the Lord Jesus Christ because the Lord defeated Satan that roaring lion without any conventional weapons single-handedly without any help Jesus always did his best work with his hands are you in this place church and so if you were here last week, we started, hallelujah, by saying that Samson typified Jesus in his calling. Both of them, hallelujah, their births were announced by an angel. And I can't get into all that now. We did that last week. And at the same time, I said he typifies Jesus in that he married a Gentile bride. And Jesus married a Gentile bride. The church. are you? The Bible says he came to his own and his own received them not. Nah. And because his own didn't receive him, he came to the church. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? Many preach this about Samson. Watch this. And they say, oh, he wasn't supposed to intermarry. That was a mistake. And while the Bible has something to say about that, in this particular case, when you read the story, check last week's message on Facebook or go online and check it out. The scriptures say that his parents did not know. That it was of the Lord because God was seeking an occasion against the Philistines. So this text in its context is not necessarily dealing about marriage as much as it is dealing about deliverance. God was looking to deliver his people and it speaks to the great length a real deliverer goes to to reach the people he loves. The people that he is called to, and the third way that we just begin, and I'm going to try to finish today talking about that Samson typifies Jesus by defeating a lion and defeating him rather easily with his hands. And I, I you know, I don't, I don't want to dwell on Samson because he's not the real hero. It's Jesus. He is a type. Of the true hero that was to come. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that Jesus that overcame Satan not only defeated him, but gave you the power to overcome the enemy. And this is why I want to kind of hang my nail on this second text for about 15 minutes. Amen. And 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 if you read the text like I did, the first thing is said was be sober. And vigilant. And if you ever read it in the original language, be sober pretty much means this keep cool, keep your head screwed on right, don't lose your presence of mind, try to keep calm. Easier said than done, right? Be not fearful and don't, hear me, lose your temper. I got one amen right there. Don't lose your temper. Then he goes on to say, watch this, be vigilant, which means to watch. Be watchful. It is the same phraseology, watch this, that Jesus gives his disciples in the garden of Gethsemane. He said, watch with me for a while. Pray so that you do not enter into temptation. Hear me, pray so that you do not enter into temptation. I like that right there because it allows me to know that the enemy cannot devour the devoted. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. I said the enemy cannot devour the devoted. And when I say devoted, I mean those that are devoted to God. Those who have strong devotional lives cannot be devoured by the enemy. I've learned, watch this now, that prayer muzzles lions. I said, prayer, muzzles, lions. If Daniel were here, Daniel would tell you, hallelujah, they threw me in a lion's den. The lions were ferocious and hungry. They wanted to mutilate me, but because of my prayer life, God sent an angel into the den and muzzled the mouths of the lions. Oh, are you in this place? In other words, what he's saying is that the mouths of the lion or the lions are shut when the mouths of believers are open in prayer. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place, church? Hallelujah. Listen, I learned, hallelujah, in my own devotional life, watch this, that it is better to look into a mirror than it is to look through a window. I said, it's better to look in a mirror than it is to look through a window. Are you here? What does that mean, Pastor? What that really means is this do introspect on yourself and stop inspecting everybody else. God help me in here. Do introspect on yourself and stop inspecting everybody else. When you look in a mirror, you see you. When you look through a window, you're always trying to see something or someone else. You're always going to do better looking at you first. Can I get an amen in here? And so watch this. The text starts out by letting us know that we need to be watchful. I might not get off this right here. But uh, the text starts off by saying that we need to be watchful. Watch, and, and the reason you have to be watchful is because your adversary, the devil, that lion is watching you. Watch this, and, and, and here's what you need to catch He cannot read your mind, He does not know your thoughts. He's not God. The Bible says about God that He knows our thoughts afar off. Now, that's powerful and a little bit scary. Y'all not gonna say amen? And he, has it. it's a little bit scary that he knows my thoughts afar off. What that means is that while my thought is still coming to me, he knows it before it hits me. Just because I didn't say it doesn't mean I didn't think it. Now you better, <laughs> you better off filtering and not saying everything you think. But what I want to submit to is that God heard you think it. So watch this. That's God. Your adversary, the devil, cannot read your mind. But he does read your body. He reads your body language. Watch this. He's listening at how you're talking. So he can tempt you. Watch this. And if that's not enough, you don't even have to say anything. He reads your eyes. Okay. He's looking at what you're looking at. To ensnare you strategically. Because I can't read his mind, I'm just gonna watch. And if, like Eve, you see that the fruit is good and beautiful to eat, that's what I'm gonna use to tempt you, what you're looking at. And so here's what you have to understand oftentimes, what we're looking at is hinting to him what we struggle with. And once he learns your struggle, he sends his seductive scheme. That's why if you're honest in here, you know your temptation is tailor-made. You're not just getting tempted with anything. You're getting tempted with something you hinted towards. And your adversary, the devil, has been studying you since Adam and Eve. He's watching what you're watching. This is the reason, oftentimes, we refer, watch this, to the eyes as the windows of the soul. The windows of the soul. Can I teach you a little bit? Watch this. This is some stuff that I learned I wanna share with you. Watch this. Your eyes have the ability in hundreds of different ways to reveal your thoughts, to reflect your feelings. Watch this now. To express surprise, approval, disbelief, guilt, fear, and boredom. Some of your eyes are expressing boredom right now. But don't worry, I ain't going to point you out. I could tell. Watch this now. It gets deeper than that. I read an article, watch this, that said that your emotions... Can be reflected by the rate of your blinking. Watch this now. One researcher made this claim. That no presidential candidate. Watch this. Who blinked more than his opponent. Was ever elected. How did they come up with this? I have no idea. But they basically said. We did research. And studied candidates. And the one that blinked more than his opponent. Was never elected. Watch this. Research has also revealed a connection between the dilation of your pupils to interest and affections. Listen to me. And the constriction of your pupils to disinterest and dislike. In other words, your eyes are a language without words. In other words, your eyes will tell on you. All you gotta do is look them right in, let me stop. (laughs) Look them right in the eyes. And their eyes will give them up. Oh my God. Without even thinking, sometimes we communicate with our eyes all the time. Did you know that you can condescend with your eyes? You can judge with your eyes. You can frighten someone. Y'all not saying amen? When me and my brother were little kids, my mother didn't have to say nothing. All she had to do was give us the look. See, you some new age parents. See, I don't know about that. Hallelujah, but my mama (laughs) would give me a look, and the look was enough. Me and my brother were like... (laughs) She about to fling that shoe. Anyway... With a look, you can sympathize. With a look, you can scold. In other words, your eyes speak volumes. With your eyes, you can express compassion. Come on, somebody. With your eyes, you can express sorrow. With your eyes, you can express love. With your eyes, you can express affection. Listen, God, help me in here. Can I say it like I feel it? Listen, a young marriage can flirt with each other from across the dinner table without even saying a word some of these older marriages though (laughs) look at their spouse in a certain way and all they're trying to do is get them to pass the potato salad. (laughs) now that should not be the case just because you've been married longer all right, I've been married 22 years, and I still flirt with that pretty lady up in the front row. I still do it from across the dinner table. I put a spell on you because you mind. Let me stop. Whew. Behave. Behave, Pastor. Hallelujah. Are you blessed in here? Let's be clear. Satan can influence our thoughts and our minds, but he cannot read them. Did you hear what I said? However, you are more of an open book than you want to be. Your eyes are constantly telling on you. When I did this research, I said to myself, dang, I mean, he's always looking at my eyes like that. You know what I'm going to do? I got something for him. What you going to do now? Huh? Or if I get bold enough, what are you looking at? But let me just remind you that your adversary, the devil, is a spiritual being. Amen? And even if this did work, what you going to do when the sun goes down? You going to wear your sunglasses Help me out somebody, I wear my, hey, hey. We are in the house of the Lord. I tell you, I can't play with y'all. I know what it is, that picnic, is that picnic. That's why why we can only have one a year. Because y'all done just had too much fun in that picnic and then you come in here. Listen, the wise man Solomon said, that laughter does good like a medicine. And every now and again, especially when talking about a subject like the one we're about to deal with, you got to loosen up a little bit. Amen? Let me take these off because these ain't my glasses. <laughs> I looked at my screen. I said I couldn't see a thing. Hallelujah. Are you blessed, church? Listen, it is possible for your adversary, watch this now, to know what you are thinking Before you say a word. Because he studies, watch this now, your actions, your reactions, your expressions, and your eyes. He's constantly looking at what you're looking at to strategically attack you. Because your temptation is custom made. It's tailor made. The underworld is studying you. Can I be real in here? He has seen the gaze of lust. Out of the corner of your eye. He has seen the spark of covetedness. In your eye. He has seen the shadow of doubt. That sometimes forms. In your eyes. And he has seen the cloud. Of anger. That is relevant. In the eyes and when he does he quickly reloads his bow and releases it to a life strategically are you hearing what i'm saying if you're blessed in here shout glory i got about two minutes (laughs) watch this the text says, be sober be vigilant watch this for your adversary the devil the accuser that's what devil means diablos in the greek Accuser, Watch this. Hallelujah. Uh, like a roaring lion. Like a roaring lion. He's roaring. Now, can I submit to you? Because I did a little research and I found out that lions don't roar when they're hungry. Nor do they roar when they're hunting. Because they're not going to let you know they're coming. That would be good, right? Make some noise so I can hear you coming. But that's not what he does. A lion prowls. He, he lurks he gets down real low in the tall grass so that you don't hear him nor see him when he comes so then the question becomes when does a lion roar and why lions roar for two basic reasons let me give it to you very quickly first they roar to tell others in their pride where they are they roar to let the rest of the crew know i'm over here are you hearing what i'm saying Watch this. That's one. Number two, they roar to let all the other cats in the jungle know this is my territory. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is my turf. So watch this. With those two things in mind, I conclude that the lion roars, watch this, for communication purposes and for intimidation purposes. Communication purposes And intimidation purposes. If we took that into the spiritual realm, I will submit to you that the roaring of the lion is threefold. Threefold. Watch this. He roars persecution, number one. Yeah, yeah. The roaring of persecution is when you are belittled, slandered, threatened, watch this, by non-believers. Watch this. So that you don't have or no longer possess the courage to preach in his name. There have been many who have been martyred, killed for the cause of Christ, even in this day around the world. We got it good right now, but I will submit to you, my brothers and sisters, that persecution is on the rise. Did you hear what I just said? Persecution is on the rise in Peter's day who wrote first Peter he can testify they told me that if I preached in that name any longer they would kill me but I decided that it was better to obey God than it was to obey man are you hearing what I'm saying in here and I was not going to quit the work that I started for the cause of Christ are you here in this place the roarings of persecution the second one is the roarings of temptation. And the roaring of temptation usually comes, watch this, when you're alone, tired, and hungry. Alone, tired, and hungry. Just ask Jesus himself. For when he was in the wilderness, 40 days, 40 nights, alone, tired, and hungry, Satan himself came with the roarings of temptation. If thou be the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And Jesus had to respond with the roaring from the lion of the tribe of Judah. Because at the end of the day, the only thing that's going to overcome a lion is another lion. You can't can't engage against a lion in your own strength. Ain't no sheep ever kill a, a lion. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Even in the story of Samson, the Bible says that when the lion roared, the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. In other words, you never engage the enemy without the help of the Holy Spirit. And anybody who tries to engage the enemy without the help of God is going to be in a lot a lot of trouble. If you're in this place, shout glory. glory. Ooh. My God. So watch this. Persecution. I got to land this plane. Persecution. Temptation. Watch this. You're probably not familiar with this one. The roaring of blasphemies blasphemies. Are you hearing what I... It's when Satan injects blasphemous thoughts into the minds of believers who never thought such things before. Have you ever... I need some real people now. Don't leave me up here by myself. Have you ever had a thought that was so crazy that even you were shocked and you determined how in the world did that thought... Just get in my head. Watch this now. Now I need a real testimony. Even in the middle of the second worship song. On Sunday morning. A thought came out of nowhere. While I had my hands up. And I had to pull it down. Because you have the power to pull it down. You don't hear me in here. Hallelujah. Have you ever had to pull a thought you know didn't come from you down? Your adversary, the devil, has the power to inject, throw darts, thoughts in your mind that didn't necessarily come from you, that God has given you the power to pull down and take captive. And any thought that you don't take captive will take you captive. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? If you're blessed in here, shout glory. The text, I got to hear, the text goes on to say he walks about. And I don't know about you, but that blesses my soul. It blesses my soul, hallelujah! Because it allows me to know that He only could be at one place at one time. He's not omnipresent like your God. Your God is omnipresent. That means He's everywhere, all the time, at the same time. Uh, God, and that's powerful. But your adverse, your adversary walks about. He, he he prowls. He's not everywhere at the same time. But when you look. At all the damage he's causing, and when you look at all the mischief he has accomplished, you have to conclude that he is very active. (laughs) I said he's very active. And I don't know what the flight of his transportation is. He is an angel, well, a fallen angel, that is. And I'm, I'm assuming that he moves inconceivably quickly. I'm assuming that he travels at tremendous velocity because how else could he be in this country and in that country? How else? Listen, if you went to a remote area, a rural place right now where the gospel has not been preached, you're going to be surprised to find out that Satan already has dominion there. Why? Because he thinks that this earth is his and he gets around. I said, I don't know how he does it, but he gets around, but he's not omnipresent. Probably what he does is that he uses that third of the fallen stars, those fallen angels that fell when he fell to do his dirty work. Sometimes you're not dealing with him directly. You're just dealing with one of his representatives. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because he don't have that much power. I've got to find a way to land this plane. Are you doing all right, church? Hallelujah. The Bible says, watch this, he walks about seeking, seeking. We already mentioned that he looks, he prowls. That means restlessly. He ain't resting. While you're resting, he's still moving, actively looking to see. Who he may listen? The person who wrote this can testify firsthand because Jesus came to Peter on one occasion and said, Watch this, the devil has asked, because he gotta ask, to sift you as wheat, to devour you, Peter. The devil came to me and asked me if he could kill you. Now, if I'm Peter, I'm saying, Well, you told him Jesus. Because you know we we tight we close, right? You called me. I'm walking with you. And Jesus, you know, he probably said, Jesus, you, you, you like rebuked them, right? You shoved them away. You pushed them. You told them to get out of here and not mess with me, right? And Jesus said, no. Nah. No, nah, I just prayed. I prayed that your faith does not fail. <laughs> now, Now, I don't know about you. That's not very encouraging to me. Because that's like somebody coming up to me at school when I was young and saying, hey, man, Duke said he's going to beat you up after school. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, you know, you found that out. You're my boy. So, you know, you got to walk out with me after school. And he says, nah, man, you on your own. But I'm going to shoot up a little prayer for you. <laughs> That ain't encouraging. I need you to pray right now. I need you to walk with me right now. Don't tell me you got my back and then you're like way back. That's not very encouraging. Amen? But that's what he told them. I'm praying that your faith does not fail. Listen, we're looking at Satan today. Watch this, but we're not studying him to know him better. We're studying him to arm ourselves better. Oh, I wish I had time. God help me in here. Hallelujah. (sighs) Listen, he is on a mission to discover your weak spot. He's watching you, studying you. How many of you in school remember reading Homer's Iliad? where it tells the mythical story of Achilles. Remember the story, the Greek mythical story of Achilles? It goes something like this. His mother took him when he was a child and dumped him in some mystic uh, magic river. And when he came out, he came out with this amazing power. And all of a sudden, because she grabbed him from the heel, the heel didn't touch the water. And because of that, that became his great weakness. And in the Battle of Troy, if you ever watch the movie Troy, you'll see the story. In the Battle of Troy, some false god the Greeks made up called Apollo said to... To an enemy archer, aim for the heel. If you hit the heel, he'll be done with. And he shot his heel. Come on, somebody. And the wound killed him. Till this day, we use the term Achilles heel. I said all that to tell you, your adversary is on a mission to discover your Achilles heel. And he will find it. And he will attack you in accordance to it's, are you hearing what I'm saying in here? I'm trying to land the plane. Saints, I really am. I got to go. Okay. I read something. I thought it was quite humorous, but it really drives home the point. And I want to read it to you. I didn't make it up, uh, but I, I want to share it with you. It's about a particular man. The story says he makes it to heaven. And as he's getting ready to, to, to enter the pearly gates, he stops And he seems indecisive. And so Peter comes out and says, hey, aren't you coming in? And he said, "Uh, you uh, you know what? Show me my options. Show me my options. And let me read it to you so you don't think I'm making it up. He says, show me hell. Up pops a giant screen. Now, I need you to listen to me carefully. With a video playing. Girls in bikinis. And well-built guys are playing volleyball on the beach. Coolers are iced down with alcoholic beverages. Everybody is wearing brand-name clothes and driving fancy cars. Then he asked, let me get a glimpse of heaven. Watch this. Only to notice that the video is still running. It pans upward and shows a park filled with old people. Sitting on benches, feeding the birds, and playing checkers. With angels singing in the background, he says, hear me, oh, that's nice. But then he mutters, I think I prefer hell. Immediately, he is plunged down to nothing but darkness, agonizing in pain where there is the gnashing of teeth. And he hollers, Peter, where's the peach? Where's the babes? Where's the beer? Where's the cars? And Peter says, sorry, what you saw was a demo tape sent up from Satan. And the devil is a liar. None of that was God's depiction of heaven or hell. It was hell's depiction of heaven and hell. And he was lying. Because that's what he does. The father say he's a liar and he's the father of it. Are you blessed in here? Can I have about three more minutes? It goes on to say he walks about seeking, watch this, whom he may devour. And that word devour is a term that usually refers to an animal killing. It's prey. Now, it's referring to a lion. Here's what I found out that I thought was interesting Did you know that a lion can eat 30% his weight size? So watch this. If a lion weighs anywhere between 450 and 500 pounds, he can eat 150 pounds of meat in one setting. Did you hear what I just, so, okay. If you're in here and you weigh less than 150, he can finish you for lunch. Now, I'm a little bit, just a little bit over 150. So, he's going to have his handfuls with me. It's going to take more than one one setting. But I want to submit to you that if you're 150 or less, one setting. And you are done. That's like a person, watch this now, let me put it in perspective for you, who weighs 150 pounds eating 200 Big Macs. Ain't no man can do that. But a lion can eat like that. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up here because I I don't know how I'm going to end this. If they don't come up here, I'll just keep talking. Watch this. If you watch documentaries on lions, amen, here's a couple of things that I've learned. Watch this. The lion stalks the herd. He stalks the herd. Watch this now. Waiting for one From the herd to begin to lag, to begin to fall behind. You know what the crazy thing is? The herd knows the lions are there and they still lag behind. It happens to some of us Christians. We know he's out there and we still lag behind. Are you blessed in here? He wanders away. Watch this. He senses danger. His acute sense sets in, and he senses danger, but watch this, because he's out of fellowship, he's out of protection. I said, because he's out of fellowship, he's away from protection. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? So what he concludes is, I have to run as fast as I can. Only problem is, he usually runs into the thing he was running from. Because when you're out of fellowship, your running is without direction. Are you hearing me in here? And so he begins to panic. And in the panic, he becomes lunch for the lion. Are you hearing this preacher? But a lion would never attack the herd. Because the herd together is too strong for the lion. And the herd together who withstand any attack from the lion. And because they're together and recognize that they're strong together, they protect their little ones because they're together. God, help me in this place. Are you blessed, church? Who does the lion attack? The weak and the suffering. Who does the lion attack? The newborn. The enemy loves brand new Christians. This is why when you come to Jesus, you need to get planted and you need some mature believers in your life right away. God help me in here. Who does he attack? The isolated one who isn't with the flock. Who does he attack? The unprepared and the unsuspecting. The distracted. Are you in this place? He stalks his prey. Listen, he don't care about you. I said, he don't care. He'll take advantage of your personality. You know, because you're so easygoing and you're so nice. He'll take advantage of that if he could. He'll take advantage of your age, your station in life. If you're sorrowful, he'll take advantage of that. Your physical and mental condition, he'll take advantage of that. Your spiritual maturity, he'll take advantage of that. Your understanding of scripture. Let me tell you, he loves to hang out in what you don't know about God. Oh, you better hear me. I say he loves to hang. I got to close. And what you don't know about God, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Not book knowledge, not worldly knowledge, knowledge of the truth. And then he goes on to say, because you have refused my knowledge, I refuse you as a priest. A priest is a representative. Hallelujah. Here's what God's saying. Stop living in ignorance and telling people you know me. Because you are not my priest. You are misrepresenting me. Are you blessed in here? He waits. He watches. He's looking at how many times you blink. He's looking at the dilation of your pupils. He's watching like that. He knows when your heart is beating faster and faster. He can hear it, and he don't mind your blood pressure rising. I'm closing. Show me 1 Peter 5, verse 8. As a matter of fact, let me just read it right up there. Get verse 9 ready for me. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Give me verse 9. Resist steadfast in the faith. How do I resist them? Steadfast in the faith. Watch this. I love the King James because it said the faith. Not just in faith. Because you could be in the wrong faith. And if you're standing in anything other than the faith. The faith. Christ crucified, buried, and resurrected. Anything else you stand on, you won't be standing on for long. You resist him steadfast in the faith. James said, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. He added, watch this, don't just resist God. I mean, don't just resist the enemy. Submit to God. So part of your ability to resist him comes out of your submission to God. (laughs) Are you blessed, church? He loves darkness. Did you know that lions don't see so good in the daytime? They don't see colors like we do. We see much better than they do in the daytime, but they see much better than we do in the nighttime. Yeah, yeah. They don't even like the moon because on a night where the moon is full, the light from the moon could give them away. And so I found out that even on a moonless night, they can see clearly. In other words... The enemy don't do good with light. I said the enemy don't do. The word of the Lord is a lamp unto my feet and a light that directs my path. Your word, oh God, I have hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Oh, are you blessed, church? Listen. For those of you who are taking notes, I'm going to run down this in two minutes. No, one minute. How does one resist? Ruled by the word. If you're going to resist, you have to be ruled by the word. You have to be able to say, it is written. Number two, how does one resist? Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. You need him to engage against the enemy. Why are you grieving your help? Number three, how do I resist? Labor and wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. My people are being destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Get wisdom, get understanding. God, help me in here. How does one resist the devil? Walk in humility. Lions like to travel in prides. Can I just submit to you, pride will destroy you. Number five, how do I resist? Focus, be sober, be vigilant. He's looking at your eyes. So what do I do, Pastor? Fix your eyes. On Jesus. Ooh. How do you resist? Worship. Because every time you worship and praise your God, you invite God into the situation. And then he fights your battles. And finally, pray. Pray. Because you don't ever want to engage the lion on your own.